From here we come to Matthew 6, and we're not quite there yet, but we're going to get to prayer in a little bit. But first we have some uh, actions to think about. But before we get there, any, anything further on chapter 5? And uh, the, so the, the, uh, the Beatitudes, the Christian life, um, our actions toward our neighbors and our brothers. Okay, let's move on. Jesus says, Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men, to be seen by them. And there's the whole life of a Pharisee. Down to his clothes, everything. The people who would be saying out of, out of his way, out of his way as he walks down the street, things like that. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. I wonder if that's a very polite way of saying no heaven. No reward is kind of the same thing as, you know, what would, uh, no soup for you. So, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full which is no reward at all. I wonder about the word trumpets here. I'm not sure that the Pharisees actually had like a kid blowing a trumpet every time he walked into the tabernacle or something. But I, I, I do connect it with this. In the temple, there were six wooden chests for to collect the offerings. And they had a trumpet bell, a big one, like a, we would call it, a, what's one bigger than a trombone? A French horn bell attached uh, to go to, so that you could, because they didn't want you to have to mess with it like a, like, a, like a vending machine slot, right? Think of how that would have slowed people down in the temple if we all have to, you know, put a quarter into the tiny little slot. But no, this is a big old, you know, I mean, could you hit like a, like a baritone or tuba bell walking by from a distance? Yeah. Where do you do that? Oh, in, um, in, uh, in, in Illinois, when you're on the tollway, right? <laughs> You've got the exact change thing that you can throw the money into and somehow it counts it quickly and you keep going. Um, and uh, yeah, um, so, uh, so I, I do wonder though about announcing it with trumpets is if a Pharisee would have taken his, uh, his offering, maybe converted it to the, small, um, the smallest coin possible so he gets to pour all these, shovel all these coins into the, into the trumpet bell. So it sounds impressive, you know, or something along those lines. I'm not sure. But, uh, but Jesus says, don't do that to be honored by men. They've received their reward. When you do give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Now, does Jesus really mean that somehow you can not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing? No. But... He's using an extreme, right? So if I'm trying not to let my left hand know what I'm doing, then should I tell my brother or my friend or all these strangers? No, I'm trying to keep it as secret as possible. That's what he's saying. Also, um, uh, in one of the Apostolic Fathers, and I think it's the Didache, which was written uh, in the middle of the second century, around the year 150. So about 50, 60 years after the Apostle John dies, there are Christians who are writing to encourage each other. And in one of these things, uh, one pastor says, uh, if you're giving alms, which is a gift to the poor, don't let it sweat in your palm. 
I really like that one. What do you think that means? Yeah, you're trying. Don't hold on to it too long. If you, it's, it's beca- and, and the, the word sweat is so picturesque. Like you can see your hands start to shake. Like, am I going to give it or not? And and uh, no, if you're going to give, then give. Don't don't give it a second thought. If you if you make a, a decision that I'm going to give this, then just give it and forget about it. It's it's done. Um, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Um, yeah, your your father who is invisible. Uh, knows what's done invisibly. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full, which is not much of a reward. Who does this remind you of? What Bible story? Pharisee and the tax collector. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thank you, Lord, that I'm not like other men. Ooh, uh, creepier prayer. There was never prayed. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a tough one. Although I, in, in, in writing the, this morning's devotion on 1 Peter 4, I think I came up with seven passages that all attest that God does not hear the prayers of unbelievers. Seven, seven div- one of them I found just this morning. You keep learning as, you know, your whole life. And I found seven now. That God does not hear the prayers of the wicked, the unbelievers. But he hears every prayer of the believer. Very comforting, isn't it? That you've been set in God's lap by Jesus himself. You know, like when your mother brought you to grandpa for the first time and set you in grandpa's lap. That's what Jesus has done with you. You may ask for anything. Um, but when you pray go into your room close the door pray to your father who is unseen then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you does Jesus mean that you should only pray in your room no he's using the extreme away from praying in public right so is it good to pray alone in your room Sure, Jesus does that. But how does Jesus himself violate this if I'm going to try to go there? Jesus often prayed off by himself on a hilltop. That's not your room, you know. Although if you're the son of man and have nowhere to lay your head, I guess it kind of is your room. But, but uh, no, but go and be, do it in secret. Uh, close the door. Pray to your father who's unseen. It was unthinkable in ancient times that you would pray without praying out loud. Prove that with a passage to me right now. Who got scolded for praying silently? Hannah. Hannah. Yeah. But Jesus says, do that. Pray to your father who's unseen. Don't let people know what you're saying. But your father sees what's done in secret. He'll reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Um, um, 
Is it okay to lose the train of your thought while you're praying? Laura, out loud, please. I really hope so, too. Yeah. Is it okay to end your prayer with the words, Night, night, Lord. I really hope so, because I've ended a lot of prayers with that one. Um, uh, is it okay to use a written down prayer? Which one do we use all the time? <laughs> I hope so, yeah, for, for, the, for all the prayers. And Laura... Right. Did they not know that God could hear prayers in our hearts and our minds? Did Jesus kind of reveal that to them, or was it just more of a culture? It's a different issue. Um, in, in ancient times, um, and you, uh, one, another proof passage here of, of all things is Psalm 1. Um, Uva Torah to Yehim Rechefet Al. But anyway, um, Yom uh, Valayala, uh, uh, that's how it ends. Um, on, on his law, he meditates, he mumbles day and night. Um, uh, uh, it was considered impolite to read silently. If you were enough of a scholar that you had advanced to being able to read, it was expected that if you were going to read something, you read it out loud. Otherwise, you're, what, holding back your knowledge from people? So you should read aloud if you're going to read. Um, and this is a culture that didn't have a lot of texts. You know, there wasn't a lot to read, but it was expected that you would read it out loud. Mark, your hand is going up. Absolutely. The, the scriptures are clear that only God reads the thoughts. And therefore, if Satan cannot read my mind, why should I give him ammunition by praying about temptations out loud? Why should I let him know what I'm struggling with? You know, uh, uh, some things he already knows. And some things the devil knows because my grandfather struggled with this and so did his dad and so did his uncle Bob. And sorry. And, uh, and it all comes back to the devil knows that I probably struggle with that too. So, I, I should have said Uncle Emil in my family. Because they were all Emil, um, spelled two different ways. Um, but, uh, but you don't have to give the devil ammunition. Thank you for that, Mark. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Jesus also says, though, keep on babbling. The, the, the pagans babble, 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 babble. And bar, 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 bar. We get our word from that, by the way. Um, our word for a foreigner and a pagan is somebody who says barbar all the time. He's a barbarian. That's what that is. It's just somebody who says nonsense. Um, don't be like them. Your father knows what you need before you even ask him. How many petitions in the Lord's Prayer are, where, are us God asking God for stuff? One, daily bread. One out of seven. That ain't much, right? 
Most of our prayers don't follow that ratio, I'm guessing. Um, <laughs> um, now, uh, one of two things could happen right now. Um, because we are as far now as the morning class got. Do you mind going a little bit ahead of them? I have some cool stuff about prayer here before we ever even get to the Lord's Prayer. Um, so let's, uh, let's ask ourselves a few questions. One is, uh, what is prayer? Can someone give me a definition Okay, request to the Lord, thanking and praising. Jameis? Our way of communicating with God. Well said. Herb? Talking with God. Yeah. Um, let me look at one of the... There, there are three great chapter 9 prayers in Scripture. Um, I believe it's 1 Kings 9, Ezra 9, and Daniel 9. Chapter-long prayers, marvelous, marvelous prayers. One's by Solomon, one's by Daniel, one's by Ezra. And this is from Daniel's. I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting, in sackcloth and ashes. O Lord, listen. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hear and act. Just a quiet question here from a Christian. How many O Lords are there here? There are three. Daniel kind of does Trinitarian things in his prayers. Um, um, but uh, it's asking God, begging God simply to, to, to listen and also to forgive. What, do you, what, would, I, what would you uh, call that kind of a prayer? A prayer of what? Confession, repentance. Yeah. And Lord, hear and act. Do something, God. How many times in the Bible does God say to someone, arise, go? It's, it's a lot. Get up, go. Get up and go to Nineveh, that big city. And oh, take a bath first, Jonah. And, uh, and go and preach to the people there what I have commanded you. Um, and so forth. And, but here the prayer, the prayer says, oh Lord, you get up and act. Do something, Lord. Also Matthew 15 Jesus, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. Honoring me with their lips is praying. What's parallel to that here? They worship me. Prayer is an act of worship. I'm going to come back to that point. Um, Prayer is an act of worship in which we speak to God from our hearts. Um, oh, here are the seven. I didn't, did I just tell you that I found seven passages this morning? Oh, here they are. All right. And they're in your sheet. These are the, these are the open bullets on the back page. Not the, not the black ones, but the white ones. Proverbs 28.9, if anyone turns a deaf ear to the law, even his prayers are detestable. God doesn't hear the prayers of unbelievers. Proverbs 6, 16 to 19. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, 
feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among his brothers. God hates those things. Is God going to listen to their prayers? And those things are all sins, aren't they? Mrs. Spike. Uh, no, these are, when in, in Proverbs, when you get the detestable or the foolish one, you're always talking about an unbeliever. So these are people who are walking and living in these sins. Um, you and I stumble into sin. The, the, the detestable one lives in it. Yeah, like a man who stirs and keeps on stirring up dissension. A witness who pours out lies and keeps on pouring out lies. That, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's a really good question though. Um, thank you. Isaiah 59. But your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. God doesn't hear the prayers of the iniquitous, the unbeliever. Jesus. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. Romans 10. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? This is someone whose sin is basically ignorance. They, they haven't heard this yet, but still sinners. 1 Peter 3. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Same thing. And Hebrews 11. Without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. What's the, it used to be kind of a classic Hollywood prayer about 10 years ago in TV shows. Oh God, if you're really up there, you know, you just sealed your prayer to being unheard, by the way, if you said that. Um, whose prayers does God hear? God does not hear the prayers of unbelievers, but in that day you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. God hears the prayers of believers. So since prayer is an act of worship, we will not pray to anyone other than the triune God. And any other prayer to saint anyone, to Mary, to anybody, um, is an act of idolatry even done for a pious pur purpose. I've had Roman Catholics tell me these prayers are not prayers, they are acts of veneration. Okay, but you're talking to the person, you're praying. And or, um, I want to add their prayers to mine. Isn't that a wonderful thing to do? That's where they've been. The, the person who said that to me had grown up wells and had only been Catholic for six weeks and came back at me with that answer. I thought that was quick. That was quick. Mark? Well, 
I, because I'm not a decision theologian, I can't really answer that. However, I can say that with most errorists, there is a happy, um, what word am I looking for? A disengagement from, 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 from truth. And their, 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 um, their argument is, uh, uh, sometimes collapses and they ignore that. You know, there is a hope. I, when I think about, for example, the great Calvinist, I use great in the small g sense. Um, uh, what was his name? He's the one who beheaded the king of England and led the England in the, in the rebellion. Cromwell. Cromwell. Oh, thank you. Oliver Cromwell. Um, when he was dying on the battlefield um, because the Cal- a Calvinist would say, if you fail, God must have rejected you and therefore you're damned. Cromwell lost the war. And what did his minister come and tell him as he lay dying on the battlefield? God must have rejected you. I guess you're damned. Well, I'm glad you're my pastor. Um, yeah. Um, uh, just maybe another minute or two. Uh, uh, kinds of prayers... Um, there may be more than this, but these are the five I keep coming back to. Uh, prayer of repentance, O oh Lord, forgive. A request, which is a re- usually a request for myself or my family. Intercession is a request for somebody else. That's what we do, especially in church, is intercede for our brothers and sisters. And then a prayer of thanksgiving, or purely a prayer of praise. You know, hallelujah is a prayer of praise. We praise the Lord, kind of thing. Or can you think of another prayer? Many of them fit under request or intercession, actually. These are the five that I think of generally as the, our categories of prayers. And although one young man in this room has already answered this very clearly, but without fanfare, so thank you for that, Jameis. I'm going to ask this again. Who speaks to whom in a prayer? Mark? Our first attempt to speak to God the Father, the Holy Spirit, conveys our faithful thoughts and contents to God the Father. Yes, that was a long answer. I'm just going to make it quick. (laughs) And that is, we speak to God. That's, that's the point I'm trying to make, is that in prayer, because we often hear people saying, I was praying the other day, and God said. And no, that's not how prayer works. Um, when, 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 when does God speak to me? In his word. Usually, God does not speak directly to us or in our minds. Although in scripture, does that occasionally happen? Sure, sure. God will answer somebody as they're praying even sometimes. Go ahead, Mark. I think that's the practice of Bible study. God speaks to our Spirit. Well, not only Bible study, but I've got, I've got a couple. God does speak to us in his word, in the Bible. And that's his primary means of communicating his will to us. But God may also answer a prayer with a simple Yes. 
by granting what we've prayed for. That's a response to a prayer too. If God does not grant the request I made, that's a no. That's acceptable. Sometimes God may respond with not yet. And sometimes God might say, I'm giving you even more than you asked for. That's a superfluity um, of, a, of, a, of a response, by the way. Um, and I know we're in our time, but I want to, I want to, I don't know if it was an error. I'm not, I'm going to assume it was not an error this weekend, but I heard something that might be construed incorrectly if we're not careful. So I'm going to just ask, are written or memorized prayers inferior to prayers from the heart? No. Exactly. But um, I just, I, I heard in worship this weekend that God loves our prayers from the heart the best. And sure, yeah, yes, but a, a memorized prayer, Lord's Prayer, Luther's morning prayer, Luther's evening prayer, your come Lord Jesus prayer, whatever it is, um, is, is also beloved by God. And not everybody is able to, um, to craft a beautiful prayer. You know, it, 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 it's, not, it's not, not a gift everybody has. One last thing, Mark, go ahead. Would you say that again, please? It seems to me that the best prayer is a timely prayer. A timely prayer. Um, could you elaborate on that? Oh, now now is the time to pray about it. Let's sit down and pray about this right now. Yeah, yeah. Kids, the cat is sick. Let's pray about this right now. You know, Grandma passed away. Let's pray about this right now. I heard there was a car accident. Let's pray about this right now, students. Um, next time we'll continue. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll move into the Lord's Prayer. Um, and, and until then, I just want to um, tell all of you, I very much appreciate us meeting like this. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. You've been listening to Invisible Church, the Bible study podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church, New Wall, Minnesota.